0: We Turned Out Okay, the modern parent's guide to old-school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke-Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke-Cole.
1: Welcome to episode 102, our last summer camp episode for this year here at We Turned Out Okay. We've had this, actually with this episode, we've had eight and a half weeks of summer camp because that's how long July and August were. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into our regularly scheduled programming. So starting a week from today, Tuesday, it will be September the 6th, we will have our very first Just You and Me episode and then the week after that will be a guest interview, guest conversation and a your child explained episode on that Thursday in which we always try to get into the minds of our kids and figure out what's going on in there and i think i think you're really going to love this fall i've i've actually started thinking about this fall as um almost a season of we turned out okay called voices of reason because uh as you might know if you if you heard a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm really, really getting a a privilege. I feel like this is such a privilege. I get to interview, have a conversation with Dr. Bernard Dreyer. He is the president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And we're we I haven't as I record this, I haven't yet recorded that. But by the time this episode airs, I will have recorded that. <laughs> so um it's, it's funny like this there's sort of a podcast time warp going on here but i think that dr dryer like so many guests that i'm i'm uh having the privilege of speaking with for the fall they they just they have something really important to share about not just raising children but but like life and um how to how to kind of Take the pressures off of our kids, and uh, how to get along in this contentious election season. And you know, it really does. It turns out, I think, to to we'll have several voices of reason on this on this in this space coming up in just a few weeks. And uh, so we've got that to look forward to. And today, I'm thinking for our last episode of summer camp, our last activity that we that we can do with our kids that. Is both fun and educational, especially for us, to be honest with you. I'm thinking about music and the other kinds of sensory experiences that that we can have like physically. So things like working with our hands, playing with play-doh, um, you know, gross motor things like running around and, and kicking a ball and and just using our whole body for things like digging and uh just there's a lot of those are what you know in the biz we call those sensory experiences and um, they they come in a couple of different aspects you've got your gross motor which is like the large motor things when you think about um, like I said kicking a ball running around um, like monkey bars uh, doing kind of relay races where one kid is has his hands on the ground and the other kid is holding up that kid's legs and and so the the, say if it's a girl in back she's running or she's she's like it's a i think it's called a wheelbarrow race actually and, and you can understand why but those are those are really gross motor things right where we're using our whole body and then we have also fine motor things which is things like where we are writing or just using our hands or even really just our kind of index finger thumb those are those are the fine motor things that that um you know, that are also a part of sensory experiences. And these music and sensory experiences, they're super, super important to our kids' development. I think about, as I was getting ready to, to record today, I was thinking about watching babies. I used to, a long, long time ago, when I first graduated from college, I worked in a daycare center. And I worked with the crawling infants. I was in a room called the crawler's room. So they're maybe from, what, six months old until they start walking and really toddling well, and then they would go off into the toddler's room. So maybe from six months to a year, 15, 16 months, something like that. And those babies, these like say approximately one year old babies, every week a guitarist would come in and, and sing and play with, he would go to all the different rooms in our, in our daycare center and he would come into the, the crawler's rooms. And those babies responded to that music so incredibly like they he would start to play and they would just stop whatever they were doing and they would they would he'd have this sort of like wall of babies crawling towards him and um, and he would be making eye contact with them and they would be smiling and you know how babies do that little dance where they kind of just move up and down as they're sitting and they they respond I couldn't believe at the time I mean I was 23 right so I really didn't have a lot of experience with with babies yet it would be seven years before I had my own first one And, um, I couldn't believe how these babies like responded to that guitar music. It was really, it was wonderful to watch. And we use in, in preschool, uh, as a preschool teacher, we would often use music to bring kids together or to transition them from one activity to another. So for example, if it was time for circle time to begin, we would, we would start off circle time with a song, um, or we would end it with a song or we would, we would have a song that we would sing while we were cleaning up so that. Um, because kids just love to—they really respond to music, basically. And when I think about um the sensory experiences and kids, I I think it's sometimes bringing sensory experiences into their lives on a daily basis can be a little bit tough because we think you know it's going to be so much easier if I if I just I've got the sink full of dishes and. If I just do them, it's going to be so much easier. But kids, especially, I don't know, from maybe two or three on up, if you can stand to have them splashing around in the sink, they love that. I mean, it's a very major sensory experience. You've got warm water, you've got soap and suds, and you've got maybe the sponge, and you've obviously um, removed all the knives, and you've you've cleaned the sharp things before they get there, or maybe even the breakable things. Um, But if you're looking for an activity that's going to just you know, ease a a rainy day or um, take a cranky child out of him or herself for a little while, just fill up the sink halfway with warm water and some soap and some plastic Tupperware and a sponge and let them have at it. And uh, it's just, I don't know, sensor experiences like that are really, really key. They... A lot of kids just need those experiences to help regulate their mood, to work out aggressions, to learn kinesthetically. I love that word, by the way. So kinesthetic learning doesn't have to do with academic learning. It's not about reading or mathematics or or, or even speech. Kinesthetic learning is about learning what our bodies can do. And um Play Doh is a really great for for, you know, kind of kinesthetic activity. Um, kids don't just use their fingers when they're playing Play-Doh. If you watch a child play with Play-Doh, they oftentimes can't stay seated. They have to be standing up because they want to dig into the Play-Doh and they want to mash it around and roll it and smush it and squeeze it and and uh, just do all these different things with it. And that is a kind of learning. I mean, it, like I... So I've been a preschool teacher and, a, and a, I've worked with long, with young kids for a really long time. And I tend to, if I'm sitting at the Play-Doh table, I tend to get a piece of Play-Doh and I roll it into a snake and then I roll the snake into a spiral and then I mash it all up and I do it again and again. Because that's what that's what years and years of kinesthetic learning has, has kind of taught me. That's what my hands really, really like to do with Play-Doh. But, you know, kids do 8,000 things with it. I mean, they they just work that Play-Doh in dozens and dozens of different ways. And it's really kind of it – is, it is a form of learning for them. And it's fun to just watch them, you know. Um, getting these experiences into our kids' lives, and I mean long after summer camp is over, is – I believe key to their well-being. So the question becomes: How do we do that? Right? Like maybe you don't have a guitar, <laughs> or uh, maybe you, as my mother did. My mother hated play doh because it would get into the carpets and it was such a pain in the ass. And um, how do we how do we get these kind of sensory experiences into their lives? Um, and I think that's the big question. I think first of all, it has to be done consciously. Like we really have to say. Even writing it into our schedule or something. Okay, today, um, while I'm making dinner, I'm filling the sink with warm water so that that they can slosh around in that. And I'm setting a towel down underneath the sink because I know that there's going to be water everywhere, and I'm not going to have them in their best clothes for for soapy water play. Um, music. It's even just having music on in the background. It just can take you out of yourself, and it doesn't have to be, you know, Barney or the Wiggles or something like that. Although those things can be fun. But um, classical music is great, and not you know what not because it's gonna make your kid really super smart, just because it's it it's great to hear, and it, it maybe will bring. I know a lot of times like Mozart or, or Chopin or something like that will bring my mind to a different plane. I don't know. I'd like. Um. I, so I I feel like I'm walking a fine line because I want. I really want you to expose your kids to things like classical music and stuff like that if you never have and for yourself as well um or jazz or i mean loud <laughs> your favorite heavy metal whatever because those all they they sit in our kids brains and they think our kids inevitably play with them you know what i mean like we will hear our kids humming mozart and, and they're 12 and 16. And we hear that because um, it's just been a part of their lives for so long. And it's I, I do believe that even though it doesn't make us smarter and all that kind of a thing, it does have some positive effect. It, it lightens mood, for example. But I feel like it also, I don't know. I, I think maybe I feel a little more curious after listening to um, to music. And that's good, you know, especially for kids. We want their curiosity stimulated and their imagination. Um, but also, like, think about making, you know, a shaker kind of instrument. Um, even if you take like a plastic container and throw some beans in it and uh, close it up, and and you can you can do some rhythm with your with your child. Uh, you know, make drums out of upside down cardboard boxes. Um, if you play guitar or if you want to learn to play, get an inexpensive, you know, stringed instrument like a guitar or a, I don't know, a secondhand violin or a ukulele, something, something that you can just poke around on, you know, and um, teach your child how to use it without hurting it. Like, I don't mean sit them down and, and give them lessons or whatever, unless that's something that they want. But but just knowing that if you pull on a string, it's going to break, you know, Um teaching them how to how to treat it carefully. Uh those are I think really valid experiences and they last long after childhood. Uh, as for other sensory experiences like washing dishes or digging in the sand or mud, Using Play-Doh. Um cornstarch and water is a is a real favorite. That's so. This is like the easiest, and to me, it's just the trippiest, coolest thing ever. I know I've talked about it on the show before, but basically, we in our house we called it oobleck or goop. Sorry. Well, sometimes oobleck and sometimes goop because there's a great Dr. Seuss book called Bartholomew and the Oobleck. And if you happen to read that with your child to have some Oobleck, which is cornstarch mixed with water with, you know, whatever food coloring you happen to want, although know that it will get on their hands. Um, that can be really, really fun, but we generally call it goop. And we take like a a, a low, maybe a plastic tray or a uh, something, you know, something low end plastic. And we line our table with newspaper and we just take maybe i don't know half a cup of cornstarch and maybe a quarter cup of water mix them together again if you want um it's white when you when you have it like that but you can make it any color under the rainbow with food coloring or whatever just knowing that that you will be that color and clothes might be that color so cover up with a smock or do clothes that you don't you don't worry about you don't care about and um just i don't know just experiencing that squeezing it because so the, the, the miracle thing about cornstarch and water is when you pick it up in your hand and squeeze it, it's hard. But then when you open your hand, it runs off your hand. It's wicked cool. <laughs> it's just a great sensory experience. So I'm asking you to, to try to find a way to work in any sensory experience or music experience. Just one Every maybe if you can do it every day, once a week if you can. I mean, I know it, especially with with the learning year starting up here in September as or almost September as as if you're hearing this, you know, when it near to when it drops, um, it's it's like a hard time of year to be trying to incorporate anything new on top of all the other things. But I predict that if you do bring sensory experiences like this into your child's life, um it's not only fun, but you'll notice a change, a positive change, I think, in behavior because you're giving them a chance to work out some, um, some of their muscles and, uh, and just, it's a good excuse for like daydreaming and just being in the present moment. And um, they can just kick back and enjoy stuff like that. And so can you, which is, which is really fun because it's fun, especially when they're little to do this sorts of thing alongside them sometimes. And um, that's, that's I think where I'm going to leave it today I I really hope that you do get to work some sensory experiences into your life and your kids lives and if you do go to slash contact and just tell me about it because um I'd love to hear how you are you know what creative ways you're coming up with to not have a destroyed house but but to have you know sensory experiences brought in to the house and and just you know maybe you've thought of a of a great one that I haven't thought of and I'd love to uh for you to contact me about that and then maybe I can I can share it on the show and um you know give you a shout out so that's what we got time for today it really has been a great summer hasn't it (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed this I love summer camp I love changing things up every once in a while and um I'm already starting to think like what'll next year's summer camp be like you know and uh, so as I said before, we're going to be getting back to our regularly scheduled programming and, um, I'm really looking forward to fall and, and having you right along with me for that. So thanks so much for listening today. We have a special thanks to our producer, the man who's gradually gotten more comfortable with sensory experiences like cornstarch and water and, um, you know, a little bit messy. <laughs> And he's always, always, always loved music. The 19-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want a date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more.
1: What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese.
0: And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. theater derp theater derp theater derp theater derp De-derp. derp 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 derp